0: He won Journalist of the Year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. You
1: like me right now. You like me.
0: He's Jim Garrity. How do you like me now, now that I'm on my way? She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat and she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Run right for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. How do you like me? This is The
2: Jim and Mickey Show. Welcome to The Jim and Mickey Show, brought to you by a public service announcement from the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And a recall is being issued for several major movies released in the past year. Gods of Egypt, Warcraft, Jupiter Ascending, and Pan have all been reported to generate intense feelings of disappointment and, in some cases, nausea among viewers. Please head to your nearest movie theater for a refund And avoid further exposure to these movies. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White, and welcome to the midsummer edition of The Jim and Mickey Show. Mickey, how are you after a couple of weeks of us uh, living like the Cavolians and trying to relax and get away from it all and uh, have have a quiet fourth and enjoy ourselves?
1: Well, since our last show, which I probably should have called, like, Keeping Up with the Cavolians... Um <laughs> that was a fail on me as coming up with uh, that title. Yes. Uh, welcome you're like George, back. George to you.
0: Uh, Costanza. You always come up with the snappy comeback a week too late.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um that would have been fantastic. And of course I'm sure Becky would have found it to be um amusing to say the least. <laughs> um but having said that, it you know, it's been kind of crazy. I am living in a currently in a swamp. I, I was unaware of the fact that I mean, I knew that Virginia used to be a swamp. I didn't realize that we had planned to return this summer.
2: <laughs> is this uh, wet mop-to-the-face humidity getting to you, or is this uh, heavy rains turning Richmond getting uh, sl- starting to b- sink below sea level?
1: Both of those, actually. A combination of both. Between the idea of having to have a towel in the car... <laughs> Like, to make sure that you can, like, towel down as you walk from the house to the car, from air-conditioned area to air-conditioned area. Um, That sucks. And more importantly, it's not even nice out. It's just, you know, there's no sun. There's nothing but rain. And then when the rain stops, it turns into just a foggy mist of hot, wet air.
0: You guys are whiners. In Houston, we have three-shirt, four-shirt, and five-shirt days. That's all I've (laughs) got You have to change your shirt, and the more you change your shirt, the more humid it is. I I,
1: I do not know how people do it in Houston. Mm. Um, my travels there have only been in the, quote, off months, <laughs> in the winter and in the spring. And yeah, we have perfect and- weather
0: about half the year. We have uh, sunshine, 65 to 75 degrees, perfect weather. But in the summertime, we all pay the price for that. If you put your finger on Houston, On a globe, and you spin the globe so your finger's traveling east, it literally comes to rest in Cairo. Oh. So if you want to know what it's like worldwide in terms of latitude and longitude, that's what Houston's like.
1: Got it. Well, of course, you and I, Dave, you know, we're we're just the lily peons barely getting, you know, any vacation around here because we do all the work. But (laughs) – Jim, on the other hand, has been vacationing for the last week or so, and happy birthday, happy belated birthday to our own Jim Garrity, who has celebrated it this week. Are we celebrating 35 or 36 this year?
2: <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Um, yeah, no, I, I, about a year or two ago, uh, at National Review, my title switched from uh, contributing editor to senior political correspondent, uh, because that's what you call a political correspondent who gets old. Um <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Having a birthday come right – like the, literally the first day after vacation, um, it almost like it didn't happen. We'll probably do a bit more of a celebration this weekend. Uh, you tack on, it was a week's vacation and because we were able to travel the Friday before and because of the 4th of July, we were able to come back on that Monday. So it added up to about nine days of vacation and um, I realized this is like the ultimate you know, white people problem or humble brag. Do you reach that point like you're like, okay, I've had enough vacation. I'm ready to go back.
1: Okay, that never happens to me unless I'm with other people.
2: Uh, okay. Um,
1: if it's down. just Mr. Bias and I, that doesn't happen. I have found, however, if I'm traveling with others, sometimes a long weekend can mm. seem too long.
2: Staying with relatives and joining my relatives. Um, was a big family reunion get-together this past week. So we uh, we had a wonderful time. The boys had a wonderful time. See,
1: Those days don't count as vacation. my yeah,
2: <laughs> so. There we go. It was a family vacation with underlining family several times. Um, I I realize, I'm having this conversation, I've learned that everything really is bigger in Texas, including the complaints about the weather. Um, But I I was going to say, I don't know about you guys, Dave. You always look very tan in your your, uh, far-off voyaging pictures to places like Israel. I am one of those guys who bursts into flame after about 15 minutes in in direct sunlight.
1: (laughs) That's Uh, true. I I saw it almost happen once.
2: I, I go to the beach and the albino guys are like, man, that guy's pale. Um. So I only burst into flame, and and you know had had two severe sunburns over the course of the week. Mm. And this is after applying every conceivable uh, goop. So I, I I want to test out a theory here. I have come to the conclusion that about one out of every three containers of sunscreen, whether it's the spray on type or the, the goop that you put on your hand and rub over, I think about one out of every three of them is actually maple syrup or something. Uh-huh. It is it is not actually designed to protect you. At some point, the sun raised, knocked on the door of the, the sunscreen company and said, look, I'm going to work out a deal. I'm going to take it easy on you guys, but you got you to make one out of three, one out of every three bottles has to be a placebo and do no good whatsoever because the best way to explain uh, how I turn nice lobstery red uh, uh-huh. after you know, milliseconds and milliseconds in, in the sun.
1: Well, you know, I am one of those people who are very specific about the type of sunscreen that I use. Um, I only use Coppertone Sport, the Active, and 30-plus SPF, and you have to reapply every 90 minutes, Jim Garrity. These are my sunscreen rules. Did you do that?
2: I was at SPF Google. Uh, <laughs> really, I thought that was going to be enough, uh, but no, apparently not. Uh, Your sunscreen my, has my to contain. SPF Pi uh, for perspective, so she's, you know, ah, no problem, big deal. Oh,
1: well, yes, but her complexion is Considerably Worthy. different yes. than yours. No. Yeah, yours has to I, use thirty percent lead. Up quite nicely. <laughs> yes. Mrs. Mrs. Campaign Spot, she tans up quite nicely. Yes, you, she does. On the other hand, have you ever seen tan?
2: Um after a while, if you have enough freckles, they start to merge they grow so they start to merge into each other. <laughs> um and that is that is the closest I have come to tan. As so, a world uh, traveler, I think the key
0: ingredient is being missed by everyone who's listening to this, and that is
2: you're Irish.
1: That's right. uh, right. true. They don't exactly. have sun in Ireland.
0: There's no sun in Ireland, so I can understand your,
2: your kind not having
0: personal experience.
2: <laughs> and, and Mickey wonders why all of my, uh, the, the honeymoon trips go to rainy places and far off lands. It's the only place I can go and not have, you know, you hey, Seattle or Portland there. or Scotland. or you,
1: know, yeah. you can go outside there. You're just like a big, overgrown leprechaun. There, if, you go outside' yeah. and you're in the cloudy little areas and you like playing in the rain puddles and looking for your pots of gold so
2: I, I noticed another trend when I would go out onto the beach and venture out there and, and try not to uh, spontaneously combust um, I, so I we, for a long time we had a, um, uh, an umbrella uh, beach umbrella we would take and you know we'd be store it under the deck of my parents house uh, which is basically I believe a Zika mosquito breeding location <laughs> now uh, They basically have decided if you wanted to put together mosquitoes, Underneath the deck is exactly that. And actually, they kind of formed a giant Voltron-like mega mosquito uh, down there as I was going under to get the umbrella. <laughs> um, I actually, the Red Cross had to resupply the blood. I had so many mosquito bites. And uh,
1: <laughs> all the time right now. And I know that you are on vacation and you know, in, in a beach-like setting. This is how it is at my house currently. I feel like the outdoors is being guarded by mosquitoes. So if I open the door and walk outside, they're coming after me.
2: You you can see them all looking in the window, and say, Are there they're like,
1: or waves they're like We know you're in there. Come on out.
2: The the Terminix commercial that features the cockroaches or or ants actually driving the car. <laughs> um, it seemed a little too. It seemed more than a metaphor. I kind of feel like I've seen that car driving around the neighborhood. Yes, uh, in, how- in the city woods. Um, but anyway, so my observation is people don't wear, people don't use beach umbrellas anymore, uh, and it's probably a good idea because one good gust of wind and suddenly they're like flying javelins, looking to impale the next person uh, down the beach a bit. Uh, everybody's into canopies now, and you know, it's, so now all of a sudden it's it's like assembling your tent, you're you're putting your stuff up there, and they seem to be getting bigger and more elaborate. So basically, it's now like giant canvas. Beachfront condo units that you just kind of assemble there oh. out of cheaper toys onto the beach. Um, so it's which kind we, of like are we, tiny
1: like, living in a canvas yeah, exactly, on the beach, yes. or as I like to call it, camping. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> tiny, people bringing and putting their tiny houses on the beach will be. like We're like two years away from that. People will start doing that as their. Uh,
1: Dude, I guarantee you, there is some dumbass doing it right now. Yeah, in their tiny house, not to be confused with a camper.
2: And the worst thing will be when you think you have a beautiful beachfront view from your tiny house you've deposited on the beach, and then some jerk places his right in front of you. <laughs> the
0: difference between a tiny house and a camper is about quadruple the price. I think that's the only difference.
1: Well, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about camping last time with Becky and Bob and Airstream and how well they put everything together. Yep. Every time I see one of those tiny houses, you know, I don't. Care for any of the idea of having that little space with people living in it? That's ridiculous. But the idea of if you're going to travel like that, why not get something like an airstream that has been built? Get this for that specific purpose. It has all the like little you know details worked out, etc.
2: How many tiny house chimneys have come off from because of overpasses?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I wonder how right? many I mean, tiny like, house you know, been an accident.
2: Yeah, you know, campers for all the frustration and all the sheer number that I saw on the lane on uh, on I ninety five, both northbound and southbound, in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, they don't belong in the left-hand lane, drivers. Um, despite all of that, they're at least designed to drive. These tiny houses are clearly like scale models of real houses <laughs> that have been put on wheels. And I'm looking at that thing like, is that siding meant to be driving around <laughs> at, at you know however many miles an hour? Are those windows? That, you know. <laughs>
1: Well, and the thing about it is, is is a great deal of those tiny houses are self built, so code is kind of out the window uh, as well, and so you could be driving down the road and a chimney just fly back and hit you.
0: So, what I'm kind of fine. foundation you got there, Bubba? Pier and beam, <laughs>
2: slab, double axle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying any of those things until we have finally perfected Transformer technology. That's right. You Very just nice. press a button and your house would transform into the into the you know the, the recreational vehicle the or something stream, like yeah. that. Can actually.
1: Yes. One of the you know, and, and again we talked about being a little, you know, one percent or or whatever. here's my one percent moment. When Mr. Bias and I were purchasing the house that we currently live in, we told the real estate agent that we needed over a thousand square foot apiece. And she, she was able to deliver that and then some, which was great. But this was many years ago. And it came after we had lived in an apartment that was about 600 square feet. And I realized I would kill him dead if we lived in a small place. So every time I watch one of those, we're moving into our tiny house, I want to see a tiny house update for like a year later.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, you ever have, do you, I, there are a couple of times they've done on the HGTV, they check into the couple that's moved. I guess House Hunters International is the one that I see this most often. Yes. And there's at least once where I've seen, I'm like, yeah, that marriage, they're, they're filing for divorce in about six months. Yeah. <laughs> this move has not worked out well. A you year later, two
0: tombstones teeth. next to
2: the tiny house.
0: Yeah, Two right. tiny
2: tombstones. They'd they'd be coffins on wheels. They would be mobile grave sites that they can take anywhere they want across the country. That's right.
1: Well, and I think the thing that really makes me hate them is the condescending attitude that they drop into all of the commercials for the tiny houses. It's not just, oh, we want to live in a tiny space, but we're better than you because we live in this tiny space, even though we paid more for it than we should because it's just an Amish shed.
2: So, you know, my my cramped lifestyle is hipper than yours, <laughs> right? OK,
1: that's, that's basically where we have ended up. We are now people who are willing to confine themselves to cages, which I guess could be interesting and something that we need. According to I believe it's the new steel Vince Spielberg show, the zoo. <laughs> we'll be talking about that coming up next.
2: It's like a beer, cause it should, cause it's brewed like a beer, of course it's good.
0: Working out or working late, when you're thirsting for a break, let's be perfectly clear, it's what beer drinkers drink when they're not drinking beer,
2: O'Doul's. O'Doul's, the brew from Anheuser-Busch, with the alcohol naturally removed for real beer taste and only 70 calories.
0: Anytime, anywhere, it's what beer drinkers drink when they're not drinking beer, O'Doul's. Attenzione!
1: Give your hamburger an Italian accent with new Chef Boyardee Hamburger Italiano. Delizioso dinners from Chef Boyardee you make with hamburger. See? Pasta and Italian-style sauce simmered to bring out the
2: Italian in me. New Chef RD Hamburger Italiano gives hamburger an
1: authentic Italian accent. Lasagna, spaghetti, all your favorites. Mangia, Chef Boyardee Hamburger Italiano.
0: We now return to our regularly scheduled program. Now back to the Jim and Mickey Show.
1: Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White along with my co-host Jim Garrity. And we were getting ready to discuss the new show, not being put together by steven spielberg but by james patterson um one of my favorite authors which is crazy called the zoo now jim you've been watching this right i
2: did and i started watching it last summer um and should clarify it's, it's just called zoo no the uh much like national review my bad and, uh, so here's here's my question to, my opening question to you mickey what are you looking for in a summer television series
1: Usually I like something light, um, something – I tend to like the little summer mystery series that they have that, you know, they're over in a summer. It was kind of fun. Everybody gets better jobs later, that kind of thing. What about you?
2: (laughs) I I was going to say Zoo really checks the box in that no one's going to say this is remarkable filmmaking, (laughs) 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 deep, incisive writing, thought-provoking, intellectually stimulating. The concept is pretty simple. There's some sort of virus that is making the world's animals grow smarter and stronger Ugh. and hostile to people. So if you want to see people getting eaten by bears or badgers or rats hmm. or swarms of bees, <laughs> this is your show. <laughs> this is basically there's, – there's a bunch of hapless scientists running around the world trying to save them. But basically it's all about at least once per episode some animal that you never thought was going to be terrifying. Uh, we'll find some way to, you know, got, people will find themselves devoured by raccoons or something like that. Um, and it is perfect. To turn your brain off and just enjoy a television. How absurd can it get? How bizarre can it get? Uh, and I've kinda, I'm kind of, I'm kind of growing to enjoy it. I was a little disappointed that it, it ran last summer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is and second it, season.
2: It is, and the the 13 episode first season uh, ended. I think it was about September 15th, and at a, you know one of those like. They didn't know if they are going to get a second season. And I kind of wish it had ended because the ending image was they've, they've figured out some animal that doesn't have the virus and they have to race off to go get it. And they're about to drive out of Washington, D.C. And this is one of those great shows where you can tell it's completely and totally Los Angeles. Uh-huh. But they'll superimpose the Washington Monument at the end of the street or something like that. Like, yes. oh, that's. You know, you're you're seeing street angles and streets that completely don't exist. But they're driving out of the city when all of a sudden they turn and they stop, and there's an elephant at the end, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Every every conceivable zoo animals at the end of the street and snarling at them menacingly. Fade to black. Roll credits. And I kind of like that to suggest, yeah, no, humanity dies. <laughs> Our heroes get that would have
1: the happy anything you wanted. Humanity dies. <laughs> It, it seemed
2: kind of fitting. Um, this this is very. If you've ever like preferred animals to people, this is your show. I do um, yeah. to the, let you the, know sig- when
1: you were discussing the the the, met, the gene, the virus, the whatever. These people, you know how I feel about outbreaks of any kind. Those shows and those movies, keep them. I'm thinking about the. I don't, the, them. I don't uh, want any part of it. However, when you mentioned that the animals got smarter with age, etc., I want to let you know that Shiloh and the cat. Their little ears perked up a little more than I was interested in.
0: <laughs> Jim, I'm thinking about the, uh, the the sequel to this next summer could be the humans are defeated by the smart hostile animals, and now it's the humans that are in zoos, and they're the ones that get the virus, and they become smarter and more hostile. It's kind of like Planet of the Apes, right?
2: There you What's- go, you <laughs> damn dirty apes, get your paws off me! Um, yeah, do these no, so-
1: humans not have guns?
2: Uh, well, first, so there's this uh, a plot point is there's this evil corporation that wants to kill all the animals. are um, allegedly an evil, evil corporation. Evil
1: corporations doing evil corporation things in their evil corporation buildings.
2: Yeah, um, the evil corporation just happens to think that. But oh, by the way, like never mind the fact that the animals are killing people. Right, this would seem to be a justifiable homicide uh, <laughs> of this circumstance. But our Genocide. our heroes don't want to see this happen. Our heroes are like, no, no, no. There's got to be a way to save the animals and reverse the
1: virus. And you know. Dumb um, humans. That's what those are. Dumb humans. See if they'd yeah. have just shot the animals that had the virus in the first place, then exactly. we'd be having this problem. But the evil again, corporation
0: could be Smith and Weston or Ruger, or somebody like that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Tie it all together.
1: And yeah. let's face it, you know, we do have tranks that we can put them down with permanently too. So
2: Yeah. The the good guys are running around with tranquilizer darts, but there's a big question about whether they'll still work because the animals are stronger and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's the kind of show where like uh, all goodness, you'd say, oh no, it's a bison, you know,
1: um, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, uh, let me, let me ask you this. Have they had a bunny attack? Anyone yet?
2: Or a newt? I don't, I don't think they had some sort of, or, or whatever it was that was singing in the lion King, um, played <laughs> by Nathan Lane. What are the, so they're finding innovative ways of making cute, cuddly animals look utterly terrifying and bizarre. And, uh, and all that, wild packs of dogs in the streets and stuff like that. The real terrifying um, thing would be
0: if they kept the voice of Nathan Lane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look out, it's singing. Oh my God. It's Sorry. making puns, run. Um, run, run.
1: Which, by the way, I have to, I, now I have to throw this in there. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or not, but Johnsonville Sausages have put together a new line of commercials and they're theoretically put together by their employees. Have you guys seen any of these yet? Mm-mm. I encourage you and our listeners to go out and find them and watch them. There is one in particular where a Johnsonville employee talks about how they make the sausage and it's full of nothing but talking animals. And you know how I feel about that. So.
2: First, they cut off my head. <laughs> they take off my insides.
1: There are several that are really funny. But the one with the talking animals, every single time it comes on, I feel myself both watching it and then knowing what's coming and laughing before we get there. So,
2: Oh, no. It's like Mr. Bill.
1: Yeah. Know? It's like he's coming and he, he's having this whole conversation with the animals about how they make the sausage. And then at the end, the, he says, I think it's the wolf looks at him and said, so how would you learn to talk to animals? And he says, and I said books. And we had a great laugh about it. It's ridiculous. I just encourage you all to find it. And uh, if I can't, I'll put it up on our Facebook page. But when I Johnsonville think-
2: sausages should be advertising on Zoo on CBS. See,
1: there you <laughs> go. Maybe they are. I don't know. Eat
2: the pigs before the pigs get hostile and come after you. And come you.
1: after you. Yes, there you go. Well, so in this, is there like I- – I guess my question is about the population being chased by the animals. Is mm. it – Is the zoo situation contained, or is it like the entire United States is overrun with crazy animals?
2: Oh, Mickey, they emphasize this is a worldwide phenomenon. And there's an extraordinary bit of hand-waving in the world in which they'll just say, yes, Washington, D.C. has been evacuated, but most of the population has been relocated to safe areas. (laughs) Now, first of all, in a world with hostile rats, wild dogs, (laughs) Swarms of bees and hornets. What the heck is a safe look? Yeah. screen doors. Right. You and, birds. and I are talking about I'm ants, thinking so... of all.
1: Yeah, birds, bears. Like there, there are so many things that are not. Nat- look, there are so many things that are not natural predators that, if given, you know, a little juice. Like thinking about an owl because owls are kind of freaky and scary anyway.
2: Oh, Mickey, the owls are not what they seem. Oh, <laughs> that's in there for both Twin Peaks fans who listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about digging a hole to hide from the animals, and then the earthworms come out of the dirt and attack me and eat me. See? You could make just about any, any yep. animal in the world could end up being a terrifying monster in this. Yep. Trace.
1: Well, I think of the But you were bunny, saying, Mickey. But then, of course, well, I just thought of the bunny initially. But then, of course, I think of, well, okay, the Holy Grail took care of the scary bunny, though. So what <laughs> other animal would be out there?
0: With the holy hand grenade.
1: That would be, you know – So timid and so sweet that if it turned on you, it would freak you out. And I'm trying to think because I grew up in the country, so I know not to mess with wild animals. It's Mm -hmm. you city people that seem to think they're all like the Lion King.
0: What about the sugar glider? What if a sugar glider turns on you?
1: A sugar (laughs) glider?
0: It's like a little little tiny wild animal, like a little... uh, a little uh, hermit, a uh, little hamster or a, or a gerbil only. It's kind of...
1: Oh, it has the little wings.
0: Yes, they're so adorable. Yes, what, if, what if they turn the one on they used
2: you? to hang around with the moose. That's right, sugar yes. glider. What if they turn on you?
1: That, see, now now you're talking. That would be something I would love <laughs> to There's look.
2: a great episode. I also would love to see them go to Australia and deal with vicious predators. Tory koala bears. Marsupials. Slow moving marsupials. That would be
1: perfect. Um, Panda bears, as we know, are kind of assholes. So there's that. The vicious
2: sloth attacks very
0: slowly.
1: (laughs) I like the little tiny flying squirrel idea, David. You might have something there that's equally cute, like a lemur, too. Yeah,
0: lemurs. Lemurs are really cute. Three toed sloths. (laughs)
1: Or- <laughs>
0: they attack very slowly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what
2: about those I'm head gonna kill you. Those <laughs> yeah, little hedgehog? All these cute little
1: hedgehogs, and they come after you, and suddenly they're just like gnawing at your toe because they're stronger and smarter, but they're so small, like a hedgehog. So they're just gnawing and gnawing and gnawing at your foot. At what point can you kill the animal?
2: At picture waves and waves of hermit crabs coming at you on the beach.
1: Oh god!
2: No. Well, these little like all the shells suddenly start moving.
1: Uh, now you're going to freak me Didn't out. Didn't they already right? do
0: that scene in one of those uh, Johnny Depp pirate movies?
1: Yeah. Didn't the so crabs carry paper, the whole
0: ship?
2: Uh, on paper, this is a... Uh, I don't think, they think they've encountered any hostile fish. Uh, and The idea of like flounders jumping out of the water and just right. trying to like, smack themselves at you. <laughs> um, so you can imagine... You know, as much as this is like a silly, stupid concept for a show, it can go in a bunch of different places, and the actors are generally so wooden the dialogue is so bad, and the entire every plan they have to deal with this is so that after a couple episodes, you start rooting for the animals. <laughs> Maybe that's the, the protagonists funny. really kind of have this coming. So, so you're kind of laid back about the fact that uh, you know this is this is one of the most enjoyable apocalypses you're ever going to watch. So
1: I love shows like that where suddenly, like you're watching and realize that you were no longer cheering for the quote protagonist.
0: Eat that guy! I hate him.
1: Eat that guy! I know. Oh, is he going to die? That's fantastic. I'm bleeding.
0: <laughs> Go bats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so
2: um, Pile that guano high. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, again, this is not to say that because you know, some people are going to based on will probably watch an episode of Zoo. Oh, I should point out the most recent one. They indicated that the virus might be going to people, which struck me as having had this like unbelievably cool uh, concept about, you know, uh, gangs of predatory lions and gangs of predatory wolves and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, you know, scary z- zombie monster people are actually going to you go. Know, some people think, oh, it's going more of a Walking Dead direction. I think we don't need that. We already have a Walking Dead show, you know. Um, we need something different. It's, I, I think it's, it's probably a combination the, uh, of worst both of the or-
1: genres that I hate. Then mm. Because it is both an outbreak genre and now leaning towards mm. the Walking Dead genre, which is zombies. And I don't do zombies or outbreaks.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, this is, you know, idea of turning into a regular zombie outbreak show is the worst idea. I'd say it's the worst idea since Hitler, but um, I would need to be specific about that. According to a new documentary that Mickey wants to call to our attention, uh, we'll keep it right here. We'll be right back after this. One thin September soon, a floating continent disappears in midnight sun.
0: I could have used a little more cowbell. Hey, here's a great place to visit if
2: you must do some driving. Your independent Texaco region. Chocolate lovers, watch out for new choco bliss.
1: Oh, what a sweet sensation. Oh,
0: hostess, what you do to me. New choco Bliss, a chocolatey creation. Relay who's making chocolatey. Moist chocolatey cake with chocolatey filling. Chocolatey ice mix a smooth choco bliss. A dream come true.
2: Choco Bliss from Hostess. Watch out! Ahoy, little buddies, it's the Skipper. And the Superstation's
0: got a contest that's so easy, even Gilligan could win. I'll ask you trivia questions, and all you have to do is watch Gilligan's Island Monday through Thursday at 5.05 Eastern on the Superstation to get the answer. You could win one of these terrific little color TVs. The grand prize is a seven-day Caribbean cruise. The Castaway Quiz starts September 15th. So tell all of your little buddies about Gilligan's Island on Superstation
2: WTBS. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And if you're wondering, God, what would the worst name in the entire world be, the worst name you could possibly give your child, you figure Adolf would have to be up there pretty high. And you'd have to think that somewhere in the 1930s or 1940s, if your family last name happened to be Hitler, you'd probably think about changing that. But apparently some people didn't. And uh, Mickey, you said you just watched a documentary about the people with this most horrible and infamous of names and how they go about their lives. And so um, I I guess maybe one question, Mickey, how many Adolf Hitlers are out there?
1: Well, I don't know exactly how many Adolf Hitlers are out there, um, but the new – it's a documentary on Showtime and it's called Meet the Hitlers. And as you mentioned, it focuses on different people who share that name. Um, One of the people that come up is Adolf Hitler Campbell. Um, You may not recognize that name right off tops, but he's the three-year-old where his parents went to go get him a birthday cake. And suddenly they were in the national spotlight for naming their child Adolf Uh, Hitler. So uh those parents were in that as well as, as, you know, some of the children but very little – um, in addition to that, there were actually, and how about this, there are apparently three blood relatives of Hitler still alive and living in America by a half-brother. And they did, in fact, change their names. Um, their father, who was the step-brother of Hitler, apparently was very outspoken against Germany during the war. Um, from England, then ultimately ended up moving to America. They did change their last names. They would not give on-camera interviews. Understandable. But there is a book out there about them. And when he strolled past – when the documentarian um, who was following the man who wrote the book about them actually drove past the house, they had a German flag outside the compound. So there's Uh, that. Okay. Then they talked to uh, two different families with the last name Hitler. It's spelled slightly different as it has two T's. Mm -hmm. Um, One was a teenage girl and one was a gentleman probably in his late 70s. The man in his late 70s was hysterical. He obviously had lived with this name through the worst of times. Um, And it was something that, you know, he said his daughter struggled with. We have met his adult daughters. And that's their last name spelled with two T's. But they never changed it. And he just kind of, you know, eventually got to the point where you can tell he made light of it. It was something, however, that the girls struggled with, his daughter struggled with. They talked about not being, a, not being um, able to wait until they could get married and, like, change their name. Mm. And then you meet a gentleman who is in Austria who claims to be the nephew of Adolf Hitler. And he's what we would like to call a freak. Oh, okay. There's just no getting around. it. As you can imagine, being in Austria and Germany and claiming to be the nephew of Adolf Hitler puts you in a certain category anyway. Mm-hmm. Then he gets really like into the fact that he was you – know, a poor, poor soul was dropped off at an orphanage, raised in an orphanage. And Adolf Hitler was his only family in his mind. Because his parents told him that that's, you know, why they got rid of him. So there's that one. And then this is the one that kills me. There is a man who grew up in in South America whose first name is Hitler. So it's Hitler Gonzalez. (laughs) And he didn't even realize it was a bad name to have. Because he was raised in Ecuador, where you know world news wasn't really a big deal, he really didn't even realize it was a bit a bad name to have well, well, until well. he came to the states. Hitler, the rise of Adolf Hitler
2: and the Nazi Germany and the World War II, those those weren't exactly obscure events. That
1: was no, the- but apparently Ecuador is very poor and very limited as to what their people were uh, you know able to see as far as news events. And the father had heard this name Hitler. Thought it was very unusual, and yes. named his son that. <laughs> and in doing so, as you can imagine, when the child came here, apparently it wasn't a big deal in Ecuador. When he came here to America and immigrated here, suddenly he became very embarrassed by his name because people were like, "Your your name's Hitler." And so it, you know, it's interesting enough in the sense that he you know you have him talking to his father about why they chose that name, etc. The teenage girl who's named Hitler is hysterical because. You see the generational differences. Let's just put it that way. Um, Because these teenage girls, her friends, etc., are like, Hitler is my homie. And they have all these different things on the wall about her. Because, well, it's H-I-T-T-L-E-R is her name. Mm -hmm. And it's not the young girl's fault. But her friends and, you know, certainly herself, she doesn't associate it with being Adolf Hitler in any way, shape, or form. And it's again one of those things where the families aren't related in any shape or form, but the name sounds the same when you say it out loud. And it was really interesting to hear her take on it and how people responded to it, knowing the history of the last name.
0: What's her middle name, Stalin?
1: Right. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, well, but some of these Hitlers. Um. In fact, the one the older gentleman named I think I, I believe that he was a his name was. God, I can't remember. I think it's Philip Piller. Um, and he said at one point his mother had apparently thought of naming him Adolf because it was before World War II. Right. So they and that was a very popular name. Hitler
0: as a positivist kind of left-wing centralized government leader with a vision for the future. A lot of people thought that about him for like 15 years.
1: Right? Yeah. And so yeah. apparently that was a consideration. He's like, you know, I'm obviously kind of grateful that didn't happen. <laughs> what I thought was interesting was – One, obviously, you know, I'm a history person. Mr. Bias obviously has watched every single Hitler thing that's ever been invented ever. Um, So I've absorbed some of that knowledge. I thought it was interesting to take a look at it through the eyes of these people who have lived with this name and see how they identified with it or not. And in some cases, like the man in Germany, totally identified with it and made that part of who he was. Um, And the people that lived in America were more like, Oh, my name's Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the ones whose name were actually Hitler. I'm the thinking ones of who changed the it.
0: Three Stooges episode where Mo puts the comb in front of his face and starts walking, marching around playing Hitler and Larry and Curly are like the, the Goebbels and Goering. and Yeah. <laughs> they were daring in their day. They were out there making that, fun that, of Hitler that, before yeah. other people did.
1: Right, exactly. And it's, it's kind of really, again, it's very interesting to see how people identify with the name and the association. Um, it was also interesting to me that the man who wrote the book on the three remaining Hitler brothers said that they have decided not to have children as a pact. And uh, there was this
2: fear out of neo Nazis worshiping the child or something like that, or you know, they believing just didn't want
1: the bloodline to continue. No
2: uh, kidding, Blood you know, line. cursed by a name, a random
0: accidental name. They're not related to Hitler.
1: Well, they were, yes, they actually were.
0: Oh, awesome! Hitler. But Hitler changed his last name. He was like Schickelgruber. The name Hitler was made up.
1: I have again. I got nothing. Here's what I've got for you: is that. The, the, the half brother of Hitler at that time was going by Hitler ah. and he was in England and again spoke out against Hitler, spoke out against the Nazis. He was actually fought in the war um, with the allies against the Nazis mm-hmm. but then moved to the United States and when they moved to the United States, they changed their name. They had four sons. One of them died. Now there's three remaining. They have a different last name but the three sons have apparently agreed not to. Have children. Okay.
2: Or at least not to have boys. <laughs> right. Now, it seems really weird to me to have a name that, because of historical events, has suddenly got this enormously uh, dark, ominous, uh, uh, just disturbing context, uh, Mickey. And I, I find this, speaking as somebody who constantly finds myself surrounded by people who end up using not their real names, Mickey. Uh, (laughs) Jim. (laughs) I'm sure that's on your birth certificate. Uh, But so we we live in a world in which popes take new names when they become the pope, right? Right. In the Sacrament of Confirmation, Catholics adopt a new name. Uh, Think about Cassius Clay becoming Muhammad Ali, right? (laughs) Writers use pen names, spies use cover identities, actors use stage names. Uh, I'm sure Ala Pundit and Ace of Spades could weigh in on this. <laughs> you know, like the world is full of people who adopt a new name and a new identity for what they have to do in life. And, you know, you know uh, even better, even, even names you think you know. Pop, th- quiz, Pop quiz, Mickey. Governor Perry's first name is?
1: It's not Rick. I know that.
2: Yes. James Richard Perry.
1: Yes. I was like, I know it's not Rick. I knew that was his middle name. But <laughs> John Wayne's Jeb real
0: name, anyone? John Wayne's real name? Marion. Morrison.
1: Morrison. But the oh, key really? is okay, the Marion. say
0: Irving Schmidlap. <laughs> no, it's uh, Marion. It's like a girl's name. It's spelled with yeah, an A. Marion
1: Mo- Marion. When you said Morrison, it clicked. I, was like, I knew it was Marion.
2: Marion. What is Jeb what? Bush's first name?
1: Ah, dang it. Oh.
2: Doo, doo. So yeah, uh, John,
1: isn't it John Edward Bush or something like that? John
2: Ellis Bush. Ellis. <laughs> What's um, the P
1: in George P. Bush stand for? Prescott? I, I don't know, but I just I wanted to say oh, his okay. name. It'd have to <laughs> be Prescott. I feel bad to not know
2: that. Gerald Ford's birth name, he was adopted, was Leslie Lynch King J G- no uh, William Jefferson Bill Clinton's first you know, birth certificate, it says William Jefferson Blythe the third. He took his yep. stepfather's last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, che Guevara was Ernesto Guevara Lynch lynch yeah he was yeah, right. kind of fond so, of doing that too yeah right yes he was it, it seems like uh, the original name might have been a little more fitting there, so. <laughs> um but so i kind of looked through i remember writing about this because i don't know if you're familiar with the um uh there's kind of this theological concept of, of a true name or sometimes it comes up in occult or magical study the idea that if you know some uh person's true name you have some power over them mm-hmm. uh in some cases it's very metaphorical but in some cases of you know uh, people who write under pen names, or if you know, uh, or, or spies and their cover identities and, and things like that. You know, knowing somebody's real name is a big deal. It does actually have a certain power over them. Um, so I started doing research on, on all this. this. Is how I end up knowing all of these bizarre. Um, this, uh, these for example, great. Pele. Yeah. Pele is Edson Arantes do Nascimento. Nascimento. Wow. Pele
1: like, is
2: a lot easier to yell. Yeah. Like pimento that uh, goes in olives.
0: Nascimento. Okay,
2: go ahead. I was just saying, it's kind of going down my list. All right, so think of uh, what's what's the biggest line in the Matrix. My name is Neo. Ah. Right, rejects his identity as of Mr. Anderson. Right, Uh, in the original RoboCop, what is his last line? What's your name, son? Murphy. He rejects the identity of RoboCop and he reasserts Mm. his human side or his soul. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. If you know his name, you have power over him. So.
1: Uh, Can you tell
2: I've done way too much research on this?
1: No, actually I find it really interesting because we know that there are many actors that do not go by their given names. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many authors that do not write under their given names, both whether they be authors of books or columns, etc. It's just amazing to me how many – we've kind of walked into with the ability to change your name and do different things. And again, that's something that's always gone on. But now in the digital age, I think it might be easier for people to find out who your true self is.
0: When I started in radio, I was 19. They told me, come up with a fake name, like use your middle name, be Dave Allen. I thought, are you kidding me? How are the girls going to find me if I have a fake name? What's the point? I was going to say,
1: I, yeah. I was <laughs> years in radio working with people who nobody had. A real name, so it was something I was very used to.
0: I went with the real name from the beginning. It was a little hokey, but it was a lot easier for the girls to get in touch with me, and they did.
1: When we come back, we're going to talk about one of the new names in Hot Couples and how it's affecting all of our news. We'll be right back.
2: And I was sorry. that The president has a big stick. I promise. You jack Wagner! Do you remember when America was a free country?
1: Happy Festivus, (laughs) Georgie.
2: A Festivus for the rest
1: of the it. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey show. I am Mickey White along with my co host, Jim Garrity. And as we teased, there is a new couple in the world that is causing a little bit of a stir for a couple different reasons. One, I think, is the name Swift just does not roll off the wait, tongue. Wait.
2: Wait a second. I, I'm fairly certain, Mickey, that this, this new relationship between Taylor Swift and Tom uh, uh, Hiddleston, well, no, better known as Loki from the Marvel movies, I thought they were Swiddleton.
1: No, they're Hiddleston or whatever. Isn't Swiddleton sounds it, better. He sounds, sounds like small. things from Harry Potter. That's all I'm saying. Isn't she taller Swiddleton than him? the town
2: in the UK that, that passed Brexit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she taller great than him? It stress over the EU in Swiddleton this week. So, <laughs> well, How is Hid- that
1: going Swift is what I've heard. And Swift between Tom Hiddleton and Taylor Swift have caused all kinds of drama, not just in the new teen pop world. But because, as you mentioned, he is Loki. And he was also the star of um, The Night Manager, which was very popular here in the States as well. There are, let's call them older women. Who are not at all pleased with the fact that Taylor Swift has just added another notch to her belt with Loki.
2: Oh, I was about to say. So is this like just re- raw jealousy or the sense that, oh, there's that young hussy who's uh, seducing away the Shakespearean-trained classical actor who 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 is so much better than that? Is that is that the, the gist there?
1: I'm, I'm going to quote the great Wendy Williams. Uh, talk about radio and talk show legends. Uh, I'm going to quote the great Wendy Williams and say this. I took two people home to meet my parents this girl takes everyone home
2: (laughs) it's like the curse (laughs) oh crap see i I, so this is celebrity news that did not escape my attention mickey and i here's the thing i actually find myself having an emotional reaction to this having you know most ignoring most celebrity news mickey i i'm actually feeling cheery and excited about it you know why no the breakup is going to be thermonuclear.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking that after her Calvin breakup. Like, oh, my God. This is going to be a fantastic album. I don't know that she can outdo 1989. But if so, I think that Calvin would be the one to do it. And then she goes and gets involved with a god. With <laughs> no, Linoke, you, you the The god the, of chaos. Can you imagine the, big, the lyrics she's working on right now?
2: The big public fight they're going to have. You wobbling, you know,
1: insufferable you wobbling
0: little quint, whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna Look, come I up with. I can't
1: wait till they both start throwing fireballs at each other. And she's, of course, my guess, going to be speaking in an English accent any day now.
0: They said it to, uh, to what's her name while she was walking away from him on the ship. You mewling quim. That's what he
2: said.
1: <laughs>
0: you mewling
2: quim. <laughs> Thou sound like a cat being strangled, and make mine eye, my ears bleed from the pain. You know, <laughs> and, and she's just gonna have like a whole album out of it. Of you know, you tried to keep it low, key but <laughs> you were low. You know, <laughs> you just imagine that, that neither one of them is gonna like whatever little you know. Oh, pass the salt. No, over there. You know, like, this is the pepper. And, and by the way, explodes.
0: the hot guy is and still Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry.
1: I agree, Dave. I don't have a thing for Loki, um, nor, and I'm starting to lose my crush on Taylor Swift. She's kind of getting on my nerves. And, you know, it was just over a year ago where I had openly admitted that, you know, I liked the girl. And now suddenly I find myself changing my mind.
0: Simon on the uh, talent show christened a 12-year-old girl, the next Taylor Swift. I think he cursed her.
1: Uh, yeah, I saw that. And she played, the, she played the banjo too, right?
0: Yeah, she was excellent. But
1: And now Taylor's having these big Fourth of July parties and inviting all her cool celebrity Euro friends, but not inviting any of her cool friends that have stuck with her through all of the Taylor Swift isn't cool days.
2: You know, I, wasn't it Andy Warhol who said in the future everyone will date Taylor Swift for 15 minutes?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's barely <laughs> enough time.
1: There is a picture online that is circulating that has, and I may put that up on our Facebook page, that has a picture of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, um, apparently at at this party with Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, Loki. And the look on Ryan Reynolds' face is reminiscent of a hostage. And... (laughs) Someone who is being held there against their will. Now, everyone appears to be having a good time, but I feel like if we could see the still shots back to back, he's blinking out a message. (laughs) (laughs) Finally,
2: the Deadpool-Loki crossover we've been waiting for. That's (laughs) right.
1: (laughs) And I mean, there is a no more perfect couple in my world than Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. They're so cute, and and they want to breed. Apparently, she wants to have like eight babies. They'll have eight great-looking babies. They're fun. They seem to really get each other. And you see them juxtaposed beside Hiddleswift. Swiddleton. Whatever. I'm going to be Team Hiddleswift. You be Hiddleswift. Whatever. Again, they sound like Harry Potter names to me. Having said this, Taylor and Loki is what I would prefer to call them, I think. Toki. Toki. That's almost <laughs> perfect. Toki I actually think I like better. Because, um, one, it reminds me of the house elf. And, two, because he looks like he wants his sock. At this point, I have wondered if Taylor has just turned all of these high-profile boyfriends that she's now able to get into, yes, future song lyrics, but also arm candy for her Instagram.
0: I don't know if those guys would be jealous of a scrawny, balding little Englishman. I, don't, I just can't see it. I'm not seeing it.
1: I know he's not hot.
0: Nope, he's not. He sounds hot. He's, he presents hot, but he isn't hot just at hot. a glance i just i skip over to the next guy you know i'm i'm all about chris hemsworth sorry
2: he's hot
1: you gotta think for thor i feel you <laughs> I, I know Thor's you do
2: <laughs> so i so wait so for a while was it thor who was dating miley cyrus or was it his brother his brother, his brother. the taller one that would
1: they're, be st- they they were yes. engaged and as my understanding they're back together liam
0: hemsworth <laughs> is in the newest uh, independence day
1: which I heard was dreadful.
0: I don't think it was dreadful. I saw it. I thought it was pretty darn good. It had some really? some weak spots, but I thoroughly enjoyed the overall picture. I was di- disappointed you, in the
2: critics.
1: No topic, kidding. You
2: know, a topic we had contemplated for this week, and I think we will file until later in the summer when mm-hmm. a couple other sequels have hit us, is whether you can make a good sequel if more than, say, five or six years have passed since the original one. Uh, that there's kind of a sell-by date for, for the concept of a sequel and our aging actors. But it's just kind of that, that last thought. Um, it's interesting to see Taylor Swift working her way through leading men. Um, I've always believed that the subtext, Mickey, of what, what's it? Oh, Blank Space was the video, right? Yes. Was that there was a fourth Jonas Brother and we're never going to find the body. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: He's a werewolf in a castle somewhere.
1: <laughs> and, and, I'm not, and I love Blank Space. Like I said, I thought 1989 was a great album from start to finish. I was really looking forward to the Calvin album. But now we've dumped right into Loki, and if she doesn't call her next album chaos, that's an <laughs> epic marketing God mission. of chaos.
2: Or epic goddess of chaos. chaos. Or god of mischief or, or mischief. something like that. Well, mischief is the right word. That's we've different. had a lot of good mischief in this segment, but we're going to look at this times of when you, when you reach that point of when you were willing to grow up and put aside mischief, or if you ever did, in our closing segment right after this. <laughs> See, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. Aging, Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. (laughs) Sunday night, 2,000 pounds of raging terror. Stalking its prey by night. Killing anything that comes in its way. It takes a special breed of man to track down a grizzly with a taste for blood. A man like Clint Walker, knight of the grizzly. 7 Eastern on the Superstation Sunday night. From the leading manufacturer of video game hits comes the number one video game system, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. When
0: you get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System, when you master Rob, the video robot, and meet the challenge of Gyromite.
2: When you shoot the light-sensing zapper. When you play the system with the most arcade hits. You're playing
0: with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power.
1: This is Speak and Spell. It teaches kids to spell.
0: This is Coleco's Talking Teacher. It also teaches kids to spell. This one's been around for a long
1: time and it speaks.
0: Oh, try again.
1: Talking Teacher speaks too and so clearly
0: The first letter of yes
1: Talking Teacher also helps your child learn math Math? Yes, math and spelling all at a surprisingly low price
2: When you make a better learning toy it speaks for itself Talking Teacher Welcome back to The Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And before we close, we always like to check in on our Trivial Tuesday contest. And Mickey came up with a really interesting topic for this week. It was basically, what rite of passage or moment took you from childhood, extended adolescence, not adulthood, to outright adulthood? And and Mickey, I'm almost cringing with excitement or, or intense trepidation over the answers you got for this one.
1: You know, it was really interesting to me as well because it was one of those things that I felt like all of our listeners, for the most part, could relate to. Although I have to give a shout out to Selena Zito, who is, you know, a doll and a friend of mine. And she said she hadn't quite figured it out yet. And at that point, I realized that she was my sole sister. Um, <laughs> now, having said that, there were several people who suggested getting a mortgage. Um, getting their driver's license, Matt Clark said that was really mm-hmm. huge because that w- he was able to drive himself to his first job, and that was exciting. Um, several different people suggested having their first grown-up professional jobs <laughs> where they had to wear something other than a smock. <laughs> okay, yeah. Germs nope. guy John E said that when he moved to another state by himself, and now that's really interesting to me because. I did that. I, I picked up and moved to a different state by myself after college, and it it definitely does change your perspective because if you move into a place where you know absolutely no one, you're forced to figure out the kind of people mm. that you want to hang out with.
2: The, total, the Suddenly, the support network isn't there. Right. <laughs> no. That leaky faucet, that's on you. Exactly,
1: (laughs) exactly. And again, there was a a Jamie who suggested that she's still faking it till she makes it. And and, and I can understand that completely. Uh, Brad Essex, big listener of the show, said that the first time he drank a beer, Mm. Um, Sarah said it was paying rent month after month after month. And you would be surprised that we had several suggesting that spending their first night in jail (laughs) <laughs> was the first time that they felt like an adult, um, and even
2: if they were charged as a juvenile,
1: yes, <laughs> even if they were charged as a juvenile. And um, I would suggest that one of my favorites was from an account that it's Cromulentus Ness, and I don't even know how it's all spelled out. You know how these things are on Twitter, Santos L. Halper. And he said that his girlfriend was pregnant. Her parents wanted to speak to him. I asked my dad to come with me. And he said, quote, sure, but a real man would go alone. Mm. Oh, right? So he follows up by saying that he did go alone. They've been married for over 20 years and have two beautiful children together.
2: Oh, what a wonderful happy ending to that story. But yeah, that, there's, a, there's a good one. I was, just, I, was, I was just
1: like, Yikes. My entire response to that was really, really well thought out. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and one of the funniest ones I thought um, that came up quite a bit was paying taxes yeah, when they had to pay taxes and they realized that they were no under the no longer the age of obligation
2: who's this FICA guy, and why is he taking all of my money? Yes, uh, absolutely.
1: So our listeners had a very variety uh varied i should say idea of what turned you into being a grown up Jim, did you have a moment like that?
2: You know, as you're going down that list, you know, any any one of them are are you know kind of key touchstones or turning points. But I, I have to say that the single biggest one, which was relatively late in life, uh, is was definitely parenthood. It was definitely that yeah. sense of like, okay, this is on you now. <laughs> Mom and dad have been helpful. You've always had lots of people around you, but ultimately, it's you and and Mrs. Campaign Spot, and it's on us uh, for this little guy. And then a couple of years later, a second little guy. So I think of of that one, it's the sense of like. Okay, you could kind of tell yourself you were a young man or or still kind of you know young at heart and all that stuff, and parenthood is that, okay new chapter, new things you know every everything what's past is prologue
1: there you go and Dave, when did you know you were an adult
2: um i didn't spend a
0: night in jail per se <laughs> having, having having been in one uh, a couple of times that was a that was a heavily maturing element, but i'll tell you also paying taxes in a paycheck and realizing government is taking your money not explaining to you what they're doing with it and leaving you with less than you thought you'd have that bent my needle considerably from the left to the right and it's been going right ever since so that hey paying taxes is a seminal moment too and i'm not a parent so i would obviously say that's the moment if i had been one but i never was hats off to you jim
1: Yes, congrats, Jim, for being the only one who procreated on the show. We thank you uh, for that. Dave and I prefer our four-legged friends. That's <laughs> our right. Our four-legged babies. Um, but for all of those who are becoming parents and whatnot, I, I was surprised that no one said that. And no one did, just so you know. You're the first huh. one to say it, Jim. Um, that we have a one strange
0: listening audience, I'll tell you that. We They're do. Um,
1: but no one said that except for you, Jim. Um, because apparently everyone else felt like they turned into an adult before they had. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was not the youngest parent in the world. So you could take your you could you could interpret that as oh, Jim was not actually a grown up for a good stretch of his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the years past 18. Adulthood was an artificial label. <laughs> I, I, that that was the shattering of the last cl- any last remaining shreds of a claim to extended adolescence. Yes. We'll just say that. <laughs>
1: If 2016 has taught us nothing else, I think it has taught us that adulting is overrated. And so, you know, really, you know, at this point, what really matters anymore? Um, Thank you so much for listening to us. You guys are not going to believe this, but we are down to the last 30 seconds of this hour again. It goes by so quickly. It truly is the fastest hour of my week we are back again this week. We'll be here next week. Um, we will be losing Jim possibly at the end of July to the conventions, but we will work that out. And some of you have made some fantastic suggestions for a new step in guest host. Um, so yeah, I, I don't you know too. if I like that. too yeah. <laughs> um, much so, enthusiasm
2: for this segment. Yeah, a
1: little bit too much enthusiasm for that. Um, but we will be here next week. I am Mickey White. He is Jim Garrity. Behind the board is big Dave Perkins. And you can catch us here every week at soundcloud.com forward slash Jim and Mickey show. You can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, and several other places across the internet and your dial. Search for Tjams hashtag T-J-A-M-S, to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media outlets. You've been listening to The Jim and Mickey Show. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me Take me out to the black Tell them I ain't coming back Burn the land and boil the sea You can't take the sky from me There's
0: no place I can be I found
2: serenity But you can't take the sky from me